Right, good afternoon. Once again, greetings to everyone that's tuned in with me this afternoon. Greetings to all those that are in the studio with me as usual. I want us to speak something that I've titled Serving Our Generation. <clears throat> Why is that important to us? I want you to think of this. Pastor Toby said to us yesterday that the declaration of the word is actually the declaration of your purpose. So every time we look into scriptures, we have to already acknowledge that we're going to meet the same stories. We're not going to discover a new name. It's still going to be the reference to an Abraham, the reference to a David, the reference to all the men we found, the men of faith, the women of faith that we found in scripture. What's the purpose of that then? If for years upon years we're still, so in 20 years time, should there not be the delivery of a new Bible? we're still going to be referring to the same people. So definitely, the purpose behind what God decided to document is much more than storytelling. It's to inspire the divinity in you. It's to make us aware of the purpose that God has called us to. When the word of the Lord came to men or women in times of old, it came to make them know what it is that they were brought on earth for. We are not here just to live. We are not here as I know that most of you listening to me probably agree with. We are not here simply because our parents were excited. There was something behind our very existence. And we call this purpose. There's a reason why you're framed the way you are. There's a reason why you experience the things that you did. There's a reason, therefore, for why we are part of this family called the wealth family. There's a purpose for this house. Now, it's with that purpose, David was lucky, maybe. David was intentional about searching. David is not where I'm going today. But David was intentional about searching. The idea of God had been preached to him. And in quest to find God, he was not stuck at religion. Because if we try to bring David into the religious order that we have known, David is one of the worst behaved individuals. Are you with me this afternoon? David will be counted as one of the worst behaved if we try to drag the character, the personality of David into disorder of the church. So what God is looking for when we speak these words, why did I bring that up? When we speak the word of God, when we come to look into the words that God has documented for our being, for our sake, it's so that you know that what God is looking for is more than a good, a good behaved man or woman. What God needs us to be is effective. When we think of the word purpose, we think of intention. We think of reason. Are you with me? When God raised us, I need you to talk with me. When God raised us, there was an intention behind a Pastor Obi. There was an intention behind a Loic, a Christabel. And what God 
then does is the message of him comes to us so that we can search out him. What the old church did to our own detriment is try to make us good people. The world does not need God, a good people. They need God people. Are you listening to me? The world needs people who are effective. People who understand clearly what their will is. What the purpose of God for their life is. So should someone listening to me this afternoon be only a part of a move but does not understand progressively why they are here then they too are living like everyone else outside of this order did you hear what christ said he says i have come a body you have prepared for me hebrews 10 again verse 5 or from verse 5 i know i didn't give you these scriptures these are not part of my plan today but I want us to look at certain things so that when we speak about serving a generation, old age does not come and, and rob you of what God has in store. You know, as we age, we start to worry more. You do know that. You start to think, okay, what's happening? But you see, this weekend, this word conference... The doctrine of everything are points I've had to go back to. Segments of 10 minutes of the words that I'm revisiting, playing. I've listened over to certain sections over, to, over six or so times. Because I'm starting to actually understand, okay, for me to have had, because this is where I'm going. For me to have had a revelation, there was a demand placed on me. I heard it. I need you to listen to me this afternoon. There was something because I was well positioned. I heard. My neighbor did not hear it. It's something I heard that positioned me to see. But before we get there, look at what Christ said so that you can follow suit. He says, therefore, can you help me with this? Don't let this happen today. Don't do this here. Can you swap one of the mics? I don't want this rubbish, please. Therefore, when Christ came into the world. Therefore, when Christ came into the world. So if you believe that there's a purpose behind you, a Christ, if you are Christ-like, Christ means the Messiah. It means the anointed one. If amongst your community, your school, your family, you know that there's something that separates you. This is the way you must approach when entering the world. When Christ, when Apostle Obi came into the world, what must he say? Go on. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Not a religious order. Do you remember when PT spoke about this? He was the one that demanded sacrifice and offering, but it was not truly what he was looking for. Because we saw that sacrifices and offering can be something given outside of faith. It can be according to law, but it is not faith. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, yeah? But a body you prepared for me. He recognized that there was a function given to me for a purpose. 
but a body you prepared for me. So if I find myself inclined or attuned to the music world like a Beryl, what Beryl must understand as a Christ, as an anointed one, as a Messiah, separated, sanctified for a people bound to the music world, she must know that it was only a body prepared for her. Verse 6, go on. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Mm. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them. Are you going to help me? Though they were offered Can you in tell her the verse the you're at, please? Verse 9. They're sleeping today already. Two then he said, in. go on. Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the I needed second. this on the screen, but I trust that you can hear Remy properly. He, then he said, here I am. He presented himself, like I said to you yesterday. He presented himself and he says, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. Go on. And by that will, we have been made holy. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and these performs people, his religious are, duties. These people are messy, messy. You're killing me. He presents himself. He accounts himself only according to what the word has said for him. So, like I said, many people listening to me now, I want you to hear me. The reason why we have to almost be, as a preacher, repetitive is because there are certain things that makes us ineffective that lives with us. For years, we have grown under a certain ideology, a way of thinking, a pattern of thought. And these are the things that are making us exist, but people cannot feel the effectiveness of our existence. You must be bold enough to say that I, as Deborah, I am not like the normal, however old she is, um, um, the contemporaries of her age. You must be confident enough to say I, as Emmanuel, I'm not like others. I was sent here for a purpose. I'm speaking about serving our generation. That outside of which you cannot see anything in your life. I've said this before. There are people that God has chosen. There are people that God has called. And your only way of prosperity is in response to what he has called you into. So there are some of you, the first batch of sheep that we have won are those that were bound or introduced mainly to the religious order. There's a new sheep that we're going to get, a new fold. These may be them that are in politics. These may be people who are in music. These may be people who are in finances, in different spaces. Do you know why seemingly they prosper? It's because they are in their space. What God preordained for them, they're there. So why do I need to repeat this? Why do we as leaders have to repeat this to ourselves, even with great passion, is for people to understand, should you not take seriously where you have been called into, there's no chance for you. I boldly say to people, should you not believe these words, leave this house, go and venture, go and run around, I can guarantee you that nothing will become of you because you were called here for a reason. 
The same way that someone could not choose what country they were born in. There are certain things in your life that you could not have chosen. It's to show you that divinity placed you there. There's a reason why I'm a pastor. Divinity placed me here. So the moment I try to step out to do business, because we say there's things we need to do, it won't prosper. But the more Pastor Obi, it almost doesn't make sense. The more Pastor Obi sits in his position and he operates and people can see he serves. Look, he's not even serving for the, the applause of another person. Someone may not even recognize it, but I'm bound to someone. I'm bound to a word. I'm bound to leadership. I'm bound to a generation and for that reason I can sit here passionately even in the afternoon or the middle of the night people can say not in the midnight not in midday it doesn't mean anything to me for me is can I find an opportunity to serve because it is him or it is her that is going to be the greatest amongst that community the person that knows the place to serve so Christ came understanding very well clearly that he did not come to try and live life. It was clear. It was already written. And he went into scripture defining himself, knowing what it is that he is meant to do. So today I want us to look at certain things. We can't go through everything this afternoon. With the 13th of November, with our service being this Sunday. For me as a family, this week, yes, you've heard me. And let me tell you something, to whom God has called, I've noticed something about the word. Whoever God has called, they will hear. Yeah? Do you know that PT shared with us the scripture, it says, to you it has been given to understand these words of the kingdom. So, you know, I can be saying, look, we have to make sure, imagine in fact, I don't need to do that today. We can be saying, you have to go back, confirm your souls. Push in your giving. I've said it. The only people that will hear it are those that has been separated to do it. And that's the reason why I'm saying, look, if in case you're in a position and you know that you've been hindering or you've been hindered because of many thoughts or fear or doubts or whatever, you better fix up. You know, I know you want something more encouraging. No, you better fix up because this life, God is so committed to his end goal that he understands war. There are men that fall victim to war. There are men lost in battle. You know, when we say things like the ends justifies the means, we can almost see it as immoral why someone can rise up in the faith for years, given, have been a part of word sessions, and then they just fell off. You almost say it's not fair. No, the end will justify the means. There's some people that needed to occupy for a moment so someone can begin to try and see what it is that God is trying to put in position. But I don't want to make this sound like a bad thing today. So look at this. The reason for the word is for this. It is with the word that God creates, pulls out, carves out a people. I've said to you, when we look at the children of Israel, you can put the comments here because it's not like you're, playing, you're putting anything sensible. 
you look at the Israelites and these Israelites, I told you, they were chosen as God's people. In nature, in structure, they were feeble and weak. This is the reason why other nations were able to bring them to servitude. They were weaker. In fact, the scripture that I read to you yesterday, we won't go there. Isaiah 2, I was telling you that it says that the mountain of the Lord's temple, the mountain of the Lord's house, there was a prophet speaking, guaranteeing to a people who were small that, look, eventually you're going to be the biggest thing. But when you look at the physical landmarks of Israel, they hardly even had a mountain. They, they had hills, meaning that they were already very small. There was everything surrounding them that made them feel and accept smallness. They were made to believe everything around them. But you see, let me tell you how God speaks. God speaks contrary to what your physical eyes see. <clears throat> yes, Israel surrounded by nature, landscapes, landmarks that are small compared to others. They were surrounded by bigger mountains than themselves. Yet God was saying that should you follow this, this is where we're going. So if I then say to you, to young people, to people that are not as exposed to people who are, are not running on the maddest businesses. And I say that we're going to be the biggest thing. I need you to believe me, not me per se actually, but the word that's being spoken. Because this is what made a generation that came out of slavery. You know, I said to you the other day that we are descendants of slaves. What were Israel? They were simply descendants of slaves. How did they become such a prominent nation, a race, so powerful in many spaces, in all spaces? They took the word. And honestly, to get there, God didn't mind who was lost along the way. Yeah, do you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? As in, he took three million out of Egypt. Ah, you don't understand. You know, my struggle is I know people don't understand what I'm saying here. So I'll try to put this in perspective. God was so passionate about Israel for the sake of what he had promised to an ancestor. The promise he gave to an ancestor is what he's guaranteeing will happen in the future. He spoke to Abraham that in you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Have we seen that manifest? Yes. But you see, at this point in history, Israel were in servitude to Egypt. Now look at what happens. Out of sheer passion and love for that race, the people to whom he had committed a promise to, a people that he had a covenant with, do you know what he did? He took three million out of Egypt to make them his own people. He destroyed a nation that had become so powerful recognized by the world for the sake of these three million people but guess what in the process of getting them to a space he didn't mind wiping them out i pray i pray that there are people that will understand me that if you are not a man of faith like joshua and caleb yes the deliverance of you yesterday does not guarantee the entry of you tomorrow God doesn't mind because the three million therefore just had to be a body of people that allowed people of faith like Joshua and Caleb to come out of Egypt. Our numbers today can be helping one or two that means something for us tomorrow. 
Don't be, you know, again, I'm going to be quoting scriptures. In a large house, there won't only be articles of gold. There will be of wood and clay. There has to be people that can be easily disposed. There has to be. There has to be the ones that are of great value. Those you hide. Those you are extra careful on how you keep them. So what I'm saying is that what makes you therefore valuable? Your faith that you are meant to serve your generation. 11th of November, 11th of November is, an, is an announcement of a soul expedition. Pastor Sam said this a, a few weeks ago, a few days ago. It's always been a soul expedition. Now the 13th is our event. But guess what? Do you know that there's some people that after the 13th, they're going to relax. They are not the people that God has made and separated as gold or silver. They are the people that can be a part of the large house, but they can be disposed of once the use of them is done with. Why therefore does God come and speak to us in this manner so that you can be careful about yourself, that you can take heed to yourself and set it against the standard of this doctrine, the doctrine of everything. The doctrine that Pastor Obi does not have any other commitment other than the word. Everything that then comes to me must be things that I can see allow me to do the word more. So if there are people that financially support Pastor Obi, it's not my love for them per se, it's the love for the word and that's why they will prosper. If I even get married, I'm just sizing up a Pastor Ashley. Does she hinder me from doing the work I need to do? If she doesn't, she prospers realized years ago because i looked at the words that pt began to say the doctrine of everything and i think i was saying this to p ricks the other day notice in 2017 did not know why 2016 actually joining the nation and it just laid and i'm not saying people should do this it was laid on my heart leave your work then 2017 i remember clearly mom's living room praying december praying and i heard in my heart don't spend on yourself. Everything that had to do with me, I had to abandon it. It was said, I wrote it down. Everything you have belongs to God. Now, at that time, it sounded very spiritual, very spooky. But I'm thinking that's guaranteed me even outside of if I was, a, if I was well behaved or not. It made me effective. That's what I'm saying. That I started to understand step by step progressively what it is that God was calling me into. And that's why I was saying to you earlier, I heard it. It was not a word for everyone. If not, everyone would have done it. I heard it. I'm the witness to it. And my results witness now to that word. Since then, people have seen it. I don't spend on me. My sacrifice, decisions we have to make. We haven't even got to where I'm going yet. But I'm just trying to say what will make you relevant and why we have to speak like this. Please, look, look. Leaders, do you know one thing we have to agree? For ourselves first. Because the reason why we listen to the word is because we are truly having to size up the word against us. It's then because we understand and we are taking our fr ourselves through certain lessons that we can then teach it to our people too. So Pastor Obi has, does not have an innate ability. I'm not like gifted with speaking. So it's not that I speak the word out of a gift. 
Rather, I'm taking these words in and I'm sharing it to you as it's being ministered to me. Now, why is that important? We were talking about the houses yesterday and we will continue to speak about the houses. If we assume because of a short spell of, um, let's say, meeting targets or a short spell of an individual performing well, that a person is totally liberated from their nurture, from their culture, we will be deceiving ourselves. As in, not to say a person is bad. If good things come around us certain people to a person, I'm, I'm not surprised if I see selfishness arise. Now, why am I saying this? You know there are people sitting, some of you stayed at home listening to me, fine. You're at work listening to me, fine. Or you're on the way in between somewhere listening to me. You have to be real with yourself and not deceive yourself. You are still, we are still people that need to take this word and shape our lives. You know you've got a house now, so you look like the you look like the person. You have to challenge, you have to address that person in you. If not, listen to me, guys. We will waste all these years. The pain that I've been campaigning for for a while is that we can be excited because we're young. Youth does not guarantee that we're going to enter anywhere. So when we say things like take heed to yourself, you really have to take these words and shape. You have to know that selfish, you just, you now know that there's money. So you say you want to spend. You have to address why do you spend? If I say I'm going to get something for somebody, I can go to somebody else and say it's for this reason. I can say it. Even if I don't say it to people, there are some people I can say it to. It's for this reason why I'm getting it. Forget that we love each other. Forget that we are excited with each other. Forget that even you're performing well or not. There are reasons. There are patterns that we are imitating. There are certain things that we're trying and hoping to see what it becomes in years to come. Should we do this? so i'm saying from where i'm coming from i know my family they don't follow through with things i know certain things i'm careful to observe me so that i'm not carried away with the excitement of my age the word is trying to shape out a people carve out a people that's what the word is trying to do with us so I want you to look at certain scriptures. Proverbs chapter 21 again. Because I believe, like I was saying, I spoke to you when I spoke to you about um, the love or whatever, the drive of love, or when I said that Christ's love compels us. And towards the end, I started to tell you about Christ saying that my sheep know me. They know my voice. They will only listen to me. But then Christ said something unique that no one around him could see. He didn't know that this was going to be the people committed to those that he had raised. He said, but there's still a sheepfold that are not in this fold. And they will listen to me. And it was with that I was trying to tell you that I think God is trying to position us, put us in a place where he can welcome a whole new people to us. Now look at this so that we don't, I've read the scripture a few times. I want you to keep this scripture in mind. Proverbs 21, go on. 
In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. Don't ever forget this. So someone can say, Pastor Obiah, you didn't need to address that. Oh, you can, uh, how does he have the right to say these things? And you can say whatever you want to say. I recognize well, yeah, that the only reason I have people, I can't put my hand up in it. Honestly, I can't put my hand up and say it's a skill. People are drawn to me. People were drawn to me before we had finances. So it couldn't be finances that make people draw to me. I think the reason for the commitment of people, I know people who are good at what they do. Why are people, no, let me not say that because then it would be wrong comparison. But what I'm saying is that people are channeled based on the state of your heart. Does it please him? In the Lord's hand, the king's heart, people that have meaning is like a stream of water. Do you know that in the spaces that you're fighting in now, do you know that there are people that if you came in contact with would change what it is that you are doing? As in Joseph had always had the ability to interpret dreams. He always had the ability to create a space, to go into a space and cause it to prosper. He did so in the house of um, Potiphar. But as far as God has not directed the king to his attention, drawn the attention of the king to Joseph, Joseph will still be laboring rather than being committed into an appointment. What is Beryl looking for? I'm just using you because it's, it's easy to use your, uh, you as an example. Beryl can look at her gift. It's always been there. We know you can sing. We trust your ability on stage. There's no doubt. But what's missing? The man that means something in that space. Without him, you can't fully show what it is that God has put in you. Now, how do you draw the attention of such people in all your spaces? The Bible says it's according. He channels toward all who please him. So this is the reason. If I see a generation not yet commitment, let me say something to you. Trust me, I've been thinking since early in this year, since February when I said we're going to Manchester, to when I've said that we're going to Ireland, to when I said we're going to Belgium. It's always been my thought. Let me tell you if I've never told you what my, my hesitation always is. PT has had the whole world drawn to him without stepping out. So the thought that we need to step out to draw a city is still what I'm fighting I want it to be it may be instruction that we can step out so I'm not saying we won't but I need to be sure it's with that I realized I said okay this is why I need the 12 because I know the people I can send out but let me leave that to when we talk the movement we'll have a movement talk soon in the Lord's hand the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels towards all who please him so if I don't see people a generation committed to me there's still a work that God is doing in me now imagine a person that does not even acknowledge a work being done in them because they're too occupied with, with stupid things they're still arguing with one another they're still offended. They're still emotional. 
No, I know that God is working on me, so I have to remain put. I have to be conscious that the word that PT is speaking, he's not speaking to... Look, I, have you watched Pastor Obi when PT is speaking? Have you seen my face? Have you seen the attention I give him? I've not only that, behind closed doors, when it's not even the holding of the mic or preaching, I have observed a man. Like, we can be in dinner and I have my phone and I'm still making notes on him. Because I know that God has put him in proximity or has put him in a position where I can see him for my sake. All scripture was written before time for my sake. Imagine a person who still can't see the benefit of the word in their life because they're preoccupied. There's a generation I know that God wants to keep me into my hands. So I must allow him to train me. Look at what it says. You want to read something? Message. Go on. Go on. Good leadership is a channel of water controlled by God. He directs it to whatever ends he chooses. Do you see that? God is particular on the state of our hearts. Go back to the NIV because we read verse 1, but it goes together. He, he's particular on the state of our hearts. You have to... So Paul began to say things that as great of a success as I've achieved in my life, I've lost everything. I've honestly, he says that everything is like dung. I don't regard anything. The fact that I've grown up in certain schools, the fact that I earned a position of being a Pharisee amongst the Pharisees, the fact that people knew me and I can boast of myself that I'm according to the law faultless. All these things he can boast. He decided to say all of this is rubbish. He lost everything. And do you know what he says? I'm a bond servant of Christ. Christ is now physically not here, but he's bound to that idea, the mission that Christ told him when he was on his way of Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he knew there's certain things. So there are things PT has said to us on a Sunday, on a Thursday, and now physically he's not here with us. But there are people that God is trying to find, people who are bound to the mission given to them. If they are mobilizer, they're not waiting for them to be mobilized. They have heard what has been said in the presence of leadership before, and they are bound to that. Their whole waking up, their whole going to bed is based on what they are serving look at what verse 2 are all the houses on with me you know i god knows yeah i i know let, let me just tell you something i know that's come to my heart i know that i'm going to shock certain people you know when i'm saying this i mean that should someone not keep up pace there are people that look like they're with me that won't be that's mad to say right go on a person may think their own ways are right. A person may think their own ways are right. But what happens? But the Lord weighs the heart. So you see for me, I can't even trust what I think. I just have to trust the word. You know, I had to be so stupid. Yeah. I had to bring myself to a place of stupidity where I say that I can't think for myself. I can't. Other people can boast that. That's fine. But I can't. I rely on what's been said. I rely on the convictions I've received from the word I've heard. 
I rely on that because it is his working on my life. You don't understand the latter part when it says, but the Lord weighs the heart. So when PT addresses things from the word, you can say, this is not me. But PT is not speaking to the wind. The words does not come to him out of a place of studying. It comes to him because he is an oracle to a people. A prophet does not speak. You remember what the scripture says? No prophecy was inspired by man himself. They were inspired by the spirit. So if PT comes addressing certain shortfalls, guess what? I'm sitting there taking it in as me. Because that's the way that the Lord weighs the heart. That is me saying that I don't trust my own ways. I don't trust my own, I don't trust my own ways as being right. I need the word to size me up. So look at this. I want to kind of get into this now. I've got scriptures for you. But these are things I'm sharing with you to understand that, look, we're doing well. We're performing. Yes. Am I in any way saying to anybody that someone is slacking? No. I'm just saying that these words are not just being spoken to the air. Take it. Shape your life. Because there's something that God is calling you and I to. I want you to find me in the scripture. I don't know if I gave it to you. I've got it here. John 17. Let's start talking. If we speak about serving our generation, I want you to know that one of the biggest fights that we are going to have on a daily is not, don't be deceived if you feel like you're on a good run. Daily. The fight you're going to have is who you are. You see who you've become, I mean who you've become, yeah, is constantly going to fight who you are in the eyes of God. If I say, you know, the problem is, PT said the other day, and I love the way he said it, he says, look, the issue is we saw a generation, we saw a people who decided to just be kings when they should have been servants. Africa, there are many people in their own spaces, Many individuals, many people trying to draw themselves to their own glory. But we have seen what comes of such people. The kind of generation that emerges from such thought patterns. Now he says to us that we must be servants. So what's going to fight me? What's one of the first things I'm going to wrestle when it comes to understanding that I'm a bond servant to a word leadership? And therefore, that's expressed to a generation. You saw Paul saying, I'm a bond servant of Christ, but he was writing it to a generation. So it's the fact that I'm held bound to someone, to something, to a mission, to a vision that makes me express it to a generation. But you see, what will fight that is any little thing that comes about my life that tries to quickly enthrone me as king. You know, to serve is difficult if it makes you look smaller than the other person. If it appears. So I want us to look at certain things because as a leader, we have to make certain decisions. Decisions that are tough. Please read for me. I'm looking for a verse. Go on. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. 
For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Verse 6, I have revealed you to those whom you, have, you gave me out of the world. Jump to verse yours. 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Mm. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Yeah. Sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify them by the truth, yeah. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. What is shaping us? What is cleaning us? What's preparing us? The word. So if someone cannot take the word because when the word comes, they just opt out. They say, no, 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 this is not me. The problem is, is that you are someone trying to size up your own heart. You can't. It's the word. I know areas where God is still dealing with me and I have to, I have to own up to it. To me, I feel that people are not truthful with themselves. But I want to tell you the reason why these things are of great necessity that we challenge. We have to challenge ourselves this because my very or our very upbringing or our very existence is because of a generation. You know, if we tackle someone and we say you're lazy, it's not to be rude to you. It's to say that there's a generation committed to you. For that reason, you have to pattern up. If we say that you're emotional, it's not to insult you. It's just to say that there's a whole generation that relies, that lives based on your decision. That's what I'm trying to say to you. So look, yes, the drive is to the 13th. And look, there's nothing that should make us as wealth family, as life family, come with less than five, 600 people. There's nothing. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't allow it to be. Like, we have to wake up in the morning. We have, to, we have to do whatever. We have to go above and beyond because these are things that God is using to size us up. For people, do you know why I want you to understand this? And I want to see the comments for this. We're going to come back to the scripture. I want to speak to you guys. You know what precedes the people that God will give you? It's the efforts he see you put in in soul winning you know let me tell you what i mean by that there are days there are archives and it's been shown in the nation before of when the nation went places like went SPAC ministries will go places like lewisham and they would do evangelism you've heard stories of pt going to thamesmead or wherever and he's mobilizing He's, I mean, he's um, trying to win souls. Now, please, guys, let's look at this. How many people do you win off the streets that stays? All of those evangelisms, and that's not to say we don't do it. No, I'm saying that usually what precedes, what comes before God bringing you a people is the efforts he sees you put in. Because the efforts are meant to die. They're your seed. They're meant to. 
But you see, if someone says, oh yeah, because no one comes, I'm not even going to put the seeds, then guess what? Don't expect a harvest. How many people in those days came in? That's the reason why I'm saying, look, for us, it's we must not allow we must not allow now the need for us to have clothes or be prepared for the week. Honestly, I'm saying it to you. I don't care. Of course, it doesn't mean anyone should come run down, but I don't care if people repeat what they have. If they can say, I have put down a seed properly. Because you see what happens is that PT had all those years of sowing seeds, going out, trying to evangelize, going on TV, speaking, speaking, no one being one, not knowing that this was the efforts that God is recognizing. Then God gets to a place and 2016, PT's just doing his own thing. In fact, PT's hit with a problem that the venue that he relied on has been closed. And then out of nowhere, please, are you going to tell me that there's not a divine, there's not something spiritual that governs the affairs of mankind? How did so many of us all come at the same time? What happened? Do you sit down and think about that? As in the same time the generation of Pastor Obio Youth Revival came, there was a PK that came, there was a Pastor Mariam that came. How did all of these people all come at the same time? At that moment, God can look at this man called Pastor Toby and say, I can commit a generation into your hands. I need us to understand this, that you are not just a female. You're just not a girl that is in a relationship or not in a relationship. You're not just someone caring about your beauty. You are someone that God is trying to set apart for a people. That's the reason for this word. Look, we will always do word, but you see the intensity of the word that we're having now. Look, we will always, to, to my grave, we'll be doing word. Probably my last breath will be a word session. Like as an old man, I'm just going to be saying... I'll be doing a word session. When it's done, then I'll go. God knows. <laughs> you know people don't like the talk of death. That's why we started off with, it's only after you've done your purpose that you can go. But what I'm saying with that is, we know that, so what I'm saying that is that you see this intensity, like, and trust me, we're going to pull it up more. We're going to drive harder. All these words, all these demands, there will be a time that a people will be committed and we will have to become a thing so that we may win them. The way we operate may change. So I hope that you see all these words that we're speaking, you are committing your heart to it. I'm not saying the reciting ability of the words I'm saying. I'm saying that can you, as you're listening, open up your heart and receive it? Because then it will begin to shape your mind. You will think about the things you do and say. You will begin to align your faith where it matters, like PT was saying to us on Sunday. Your faith will not be for mundane things. You'll be looking into mountains that you're saying, move according to my words. You see a people and you have faith that they will respond to your words. Uh, Pastor Obi here, I believe a generation of people will hear me. I know it already. I look at the loyalty I have already. That's just an indication of what it will look like in the world. But look at this. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, yeah? As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. 
For them I sanctify myself, that they too may truly be sanctified. I want everyone that counts themselves as a leader. I wrote it down. You see the scripture, hold on to it. Verse 19. For them I sanctify myself. Tough decisions that one must make for a people because of the growing discovery of responsibility they hold. For them, for their sake, maybe a few different translations, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Can I get the voice maybe? Tough decisions, like your whole life is now subjected to a generation you believe God is committing you to. Abraham's walk is now subject to the fact that there are nations in him. He can't just walk as he feels. He is bound by a generation he cannot yet see. The reason why we give is because it's not just the submission of finances. Why? Because if we believe we're going to grow, whatever an alarcon is submitting as finances now will not be anything compared to what he will be doing tomorrow. So actually what we're looking at is the attitude of his submission. How does he respond when we say we're looking to reach people? Our systems, our strategies will become wiser, more intelligent, more effective, but only given to those who sincerely make it a passion of theirs. How many times do we need to um, petition to ourselves, speak to ourselves so that we can stand up? But then again, before I came down today, because I was thinking, I want this to be short. I was saying to myself, I want this to be short because I knew I was going to get into all of this. But then I heard in my own heart, you can believe that or not, heard in my own heart simply, to who it has been given, they are the ones that will respond. You can't do anything to make someone else respond. It's who has been given. And you can decide for yourself if you're the chosen or not. Is how much or how far are you willing to go? Wealth, life, family, are you willing to go far? It will cost you. It will. Like there are things that you were saying your hearts of heart is unfair, but it's what is necessary. It's not fair for poor to be mistreated if he's only looking to benefit the lives of people. It's not fair, but he knew it was necessary. The days of hunger it was not fair, but he knew it was necessary. The things that I'm willing to put myself through for the sake of the people I see in the hearts of hearts. What does the voice say? It is entirely for their benefit that I have set myself apart so that they may be set apart by truth. Do you see that? So his whole life was entirely for the benefit of not him, but a people. It is entirely for their benefit. Yes, so there's an law house. And yes, we use things for projections. We want to show a group of powerful young females able to work together. But you know, in your own heart, your mind, your heart must have seen. You must be driven by a love that will not fail your generation. You know, a love that does not fail your generation. Even when you're tired, you won't be able to stop. 
Because you see a people, you're in the process of giving birth. You won't be able to stop, you know, you're giving everything and you're getting into problems. But those problems are just trying to tell you stop. But you can't stop because there's a love that you're equipped with. There's a love that you're driven by, a love that compels you to do what you do. You can't stop it even if you try to resist it. You can't stop when it comes to reaching out to people, to giving. You can't stop because there's a benefit that you're trying to give a generation is entirely for their benefit so an Allah house as much as we will beautify and use them for projection they must know that it's actually for the benefit of others those are the people that go on to rule the world I'm just saying to you that most people our age do not hear words like this so if these words are coming to us like PT said it means it's been given to you it's been given to us I know a generation is ours because we're the ones hearing these words. We will not be hearing these words if it's not so. It is entirely for their benefit that I have set myself apart. Yeah? So that they may be set apart by truth. So what I do is what they will be. It's what they follow. I will live my life before people. They will eventually follow my pattern. They'll eventually know that what I'm saying, what I'm showing is the truth. Maybe one more, Amplified Classic. They will know it as the truth. Are all the houses listening to me? Don't look at just yesterday's success. Be relevant today, every single day. How do you do that? Like I've been saying the recent days, your participation. You're nothing less than a mobilizer of a generation. Look, you know, sometimes your personal greed can be God's setup for your appointment. God can, so what I mean like, for example, Saul. Saul was looking for something. But it was on the way of looking for something that God called him as king. That's the case. You can be after your own things. God had to use fishing to win Peter. You can be held, God can trap you with your own things. So your whole life is, oh, I just want to be rich. And I'm not saying you won't be because the work we have to do, how do you know that we'll be rich? Our work will involve nations. We need the tools and resources to do that. Can't do that with 10 pounds. Can't. Now the person that believes in that future gives in proportion of where they believe they're going. They're always doing above and beyond. But look at this. Amplify classic. Go on. And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, made holy in the truth. I love this translation, actually. And so for their sake and on their behalf. You know, a parent has to do certain things on the behalf of their children until they too mature. So you here, and I've said this to you before, you are fathers and mothers of a generation. We are. So does things happen to me? Do I battle with things personally? 100%. But I have to triumph over them. There's no like, oh, maybe this won't, I won't win. I have to. Because there's a people, like I've said to people, maybe this is not the case with everyone, but I know should I lose faith, 
there will be a lot, a lot of people that the kingdom will lose. You know, you have to think like that. If I lose faith, there's a lot of people that are in the kingdom that will be lost. For that sake, I can't. When things are doing me, there are things I have to say, not because I have grown to, what's the word? To fully respond to it, but more so because I believe it. I'm shaping my mind to think in a certain way. There are things that I may be challenged with, but I'm speaking in another way because I trust the words being spoken over my realities. And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, I dedicate, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, made holy in the truth. So we have to be intentional. We have to be diligent about the things we do. You have to size. I ask you, when you feel like you're growing in name, you're growing in finances, you have to constantly have moments where you revisit yourself. So you never go off straight. You know, you never go off the line. Because we know that men's hearts will still be tested. I, you can tell by the way I'm speaking, I test myself. I think about how I view myself now that I know I have people. If I speak in a way to someone, maybe I'm correcting someone, I still test my heart. Do I think I'm a Lord over them? Or am I serving them? Serving them is from the understanding of my heart that makes it powerful. Meaning that I can say something that someone may, be feel, like, may feel like, oh no, that's not fair. But the heart, for years, I've practiced something. People, you know, I remember correcting the media uh, media one time in back in Keda's house, um, the storehouse, the apartment. And I remember I've, look, I've said whatever I needed to say. I think I even dealt with someone like Benny. You know, Benny's one of the nicest people you'll come across. Yeah. But I think I dealt with him that day as well. And before I got home, I sent a whole long paragraph. And I had people who basically apologizing. And I had other people come to me and say, oh, so quickly. Why? Why do you? And for me, it's not that I go against the things I said. It's just that I don't want people to think that's the way you speak. Someone can see someone's action, not understand their heart behind it. For years, I check why I say what I say. For years, it's been a practice of mine. Whether that works or not, I think I'm safe to say that, look, it's helping me. Safe to say. Us being in a position where everyone, I don't care how young or small you think you are, you are designed to serve a generation. That's what will make you the great of your time. That's what will make you. That's what would guarantee that we change the, 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 the trajectory of our people, which is on a spiral. Look, look, they're aggressively declining. Like, we, you know, thought to myself, you know, and I was having this conversation with a few people on the table. And I said to myself, I think I submit to something PT was saying. I think, I've said it many times before, I've sat on the table and I've realized why PT is the pastor. His heart is different. You can't even, it takes, 
you can't even forge that. Like, it takes having been made by the word for time to have such a heart. There are things that in my mind I disagreed with. Meaning like, someone's done this and I'm thinking, yeah, we should exile them. And you see PT's reaction to it and you're just thinking, you see, this is the reason why. You know how I say to some people, it's like, that's why I'm the pastor. At that point, I'm saying to myself, that's why you're not the pastor. But this word is shaping our hearts. So I'm looking at where we are now. Thinking about where we're going. And the kind of attitude, the way we need to speak to ourselves. Like I said yesterday, you cannot, we cannot keep riches forever. It does not have the capacity to endure forever. It doesn't. It takes a finicky mind, an attentive spirit to maintain riches, to, to maintain a good name and to retain it. It takes a finicky mind. It takes someone that's attentive. I want to begin to wrap up. I've got one more scripture for you. You know, I'm thinking if I should say this today. Um, okay, I'll leave that for now. Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read from verse 13. With this, I'll quote John 21 after. You know, I've spoken to you about from that scripture um, when I spoke years ago about the demand of love and death. So that's why I won't spend too much on it. We'll go there actually, but you've heard the word. I just need it to be that we don't take words in the wrong way, but we understand what it is that God is trying to do with us, shape us. I don't know. I, 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 maybe our, life is a, our lives are a movie. It's a movie or something. But it's too, in a way that you can't, we can't keep shunning the responsibility that God is trying to tell us. We can't say it's because we're shy. You know, some people, the only reason why they're not given at the capacity that they should is because they're fearful. Because no one gave because they had. If there's somebody that's able to bring 20k a week or so, it's not because they have. It's not. It's because the word has made them more daring. Daring in this case is what we call faith. They just believe so much that they respond. Their whole attitude following a word is a display of faith. They, they don't, they're not running to a bank account to come and take out. They just say, look, if it's a sound mind's in front of me, I'm going to work with it and make something of it because I have to. The case of feeding 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, fishes or fish is simply we have to feed them. It was the fact that they had no other choice that somehow between Christ and the disciples, they came up with a way of feeding 5,000 to the overflow. So look at this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, go on. He asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Mm. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Mm. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Can we think together with this scripture? Yeah. Because, you know, as we're getting into the more, do you know what I've realized here? If, as most of us, we're coming from very small backgrounds, and that's fine. The Bible says that we should consider who we were when we were called. Not many of us were anything. We're not noble. We're not considered highly according to human standards, so it's fine. But I want us to think about this, yeah? Because of where we're coming from, we think success will be an escape from problems. Reality shows, either from watching certain people's mistakes or downfalls or experiences, or if we're on the other side of the spectrum, spectrum believing the word, meaning that we can see because of what the word tells us. We realize that the higher you go, the stronger the demons. You know, we grew up saying that demons are below. Scripture don't say that demons are below. Scripture says that there are rulers of darkness in heavenly places. So I honestly believe PT is not trying to insult, even though it looks like it. He's speaking truth when he says, demons are not bothering the churches that we grew up in because they're very low. They're very low. Where would we come in contact with powers as we're going up? That's the reason why we then appreciate every step. Not trying to circumvent or jump past steps. I understand that the struggle of Jervistan was necessary. There are certain things we had to grow through. There are struggles like in the quest of becoming a billionaire, you know, before people said billionaires and all of that, billions and all of that, and that's fine. But I think people are growing to understand it's just whatever you have belongs to the word. And that does not mean you will not have. But I'm saying to myself that there are certain things I really want to grow. F I don't want to have to go. Do you know how annoying it is? Let's just think about it like this. You're going into university and you, or you're applying for a course and then you realize you can't do the course because there's a GCSE that you don't have. Why go to uni and realize the GCSE that you need to have? Do it when you were 15 or 16. You see people crumbling in the world now because those lessons that they should have learned that they refuse to learn. But you see, there are certain qualifications for certain spaces. So you will go through the problem of it either which way. So there are things I need to learn now. Like PT was saying the other day, there's a work that God is doing in us. And it's with great faith we receive those lessons. We go through it. We grow through it. I realized, look, there was a time that I didn't have choice, so it's not like I was panicking, panicking, but 
I used to feel like I was afraid when someone says, oh, yeah, this is going to court and all of that. I was thinking, I don't even know how to defend myself if they take me to court. <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> then I realized they threaten, they threaten, they threaten. Nothing happens. They take you to court. You realize you're still living your life. Then eventually someone else comes and says, oh, yeah, we're taking you to court. And you're just like, yeah. You've grown through it. The people scared of certain things today are just people who haven't grown through that issue. So that's the reason why you must have leadership that's just like, hey, you've got this to do. Whether you do or not, it's your own. The kind of environment we're creating for ourselves in the world family is survival fell is your choice. Because success, becoming anything, is a choice. Our parents, I want to tell a funny story, so funny, but I think this is a bit too disrespectful. It's not to anyone, it's about my biological dad. Um, but the Bible says you should honor your parents. So just in case, I'll, I'll save it for some people, maybe on the dinner table. So problems or powers are things we see as we go up. What's therefore disturbing from those prophesying that there's a witch and you're this to the person we realize is mental health. That's all it is. They're crazy. Why is this important for where we're going? Look at from verse 13 again. Read for me. When Jesus came to a certain region, he had got to a realm. And he was, you see this realm that he got to. He had got to a place of questions. The masses were not with him here. Disciples, how far they're going to go was going to be determined by the questions they're able to answer in this realm. I think for the family, we're in a realm where we're asking questions. And there's a call for us to answer them. I have to ask myself again. Do you think you'll be anything more than a servant? And you know, sometimes because we have the full picture of the word, that can be someone's stumbling block. Because the rock is still going to be a stumbling block to some. And what do I mean by that? I was listening back to P. Sam yesterday. And he made a comment. Sometimes it's because of what you think you can get out of this that you can be a part of it. So I had to ask myself, do you suppose you'd be anything more than a servant? And when you're sincerely checking yourself, you realize there's some errors in you that there's a voice in you saying, yeah, that's why you're pushing but you see that voice, you need to silence it because it's the state of wanting to become, yeah, something that you are that made you leave your garden. Adam was always God, but he needed, but a serpent had to tell him, no, if you do this, you'll become. If you serve in this capacity, if you give, you'll become something and that makes you leave your garden. No, it's in this time I'm saying to myself, my children will grow to know that Pastor Obi is a servant of one, first of all, 
a PT, another man. They will grow to see that I'm a servant of a generation. So there are things that they will have to sacrifice for generation because they recognize their dad does not have many things to make them feel good. Certain prayers I prayed, you know, I've said it in passing, but I realized God hears me. I actually realized, like, guys, if you don't believe in God, sorry, I can guarantee God hears me. Things can't happen in my space unless there's an agreement. I've realized that. Now it sounds like I'm blowing my horn in it. But I've just done this whole word of heart. You know, you see how passionately we've displayed your heart before God and everything. But think about this. So there's a realm where we're asking questions. I'm not trying, if the voice is still in you saying that one day I'm going to be a billionaire because of what I'm doing, yeah, you won't be. Because you're not serving the work. You're serving what you've always wanted to be and you found a convenient vehicle to get you there. I want it to be that they grow. People grow to know that I serve you. And those are the decisions you have to make for yourself because it's in a realm of questions that certain agreements are made. Remember, it's only the disciples here. Please read for me. I want to wrap up. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Yeah. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Do you know what's the problem, yeah? The people were not here to speak for themselves. Yeah? And I think there was a reason. The reason is in... Peter's response. You can only go as far. Yeah. Let me say what I actually want to say through all of this. We're going to still get to the scripture where it says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. My whole gist from this that I want to share with you is this. How far you go is based on the revelation you're seeing. The masses often traveled with Christ, but in this case, they were not there. Do you know why? Christ was not unique. Christ was just another prophet. Christ, in their eyes, was not something new. Christ to some people was just what I see of John. To others, they were like what we heard of Elijah. To others, he's just a Jeremiah. So they can only go as far. You know, there are people, unfortunately, and I, I, this is going to be my campaign, especially after 13th, that we still have people stuck in the church systems. They may be younger. I was saying something earlier before I forgot. Speaking on the table, saying that I think I admit, I submit to what PT said. Most of us are age mates we can't win. That's tough. So we have to set up something for a new generation. You know, by the time, how old is Shea again? 15. 
By the time her generation's 21, music would have changed. Style of clothing would have changed. Many things. So it's her generation we have to grab. It's an Iomide's generation we have to grab and save them before it's too late. Most of the people stuck in other churches, how do we know that they won't go too far? Because their pastors are nobody unique with no disrespect. You can liken them to someone of old. When you look at a pastor Toby, you can't liken him to anyone other than Christ. So they saw Christ, the masses saw Christ as who they've seen or heard of before. So it's easy for them to follow one day and not follow the other. But when he says, now, who do you say that I am? Verse 15. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. One, you are the Messiah. Another translation says you are the Christ. You are the Savior. You are different. In other words, all these people that we have heard of before, you are the person they've been talking about. Not only that, I recognize you as divine because you referred to yourself to me as the son of man. I refer to you as the son of the living God. I understand you as divine. When PT started talking about the doctrine of everything may not mean anything to you, but I remember saying to people, I don't know how I've seen this, but PT is a prince with God. I said this years ago. I couldn't see him, see him as just a pastor. I saw something different. So when PT was saying the other day, the reason why Pastor Obi would be so addicted is because he's seen PT from heaven's eyes. I was telling Pastor Ashley, gone through, I was thinking crazy things that I've written since 2016, 2017. Your ability to see leadership, the revelation you have, because people will have, but what you have, can you see him as the solution because all these prophets were alluding to were speaking of someone that will be the deliverer meaning that you don't understand what i'm trying to say meaning that john the baptist spoke of of a responsibility that he could not take are you still on with me i know it's been long but i want you to hear what i'm saying now john the baptist as much of a man of god he was he spoke, of a rev- he spoke of a responsibility that he was not willing to take. And Elijah, because you have to ask yourself, what makes all of these people, why was it specifically these names? Elijah spoke of a responsibility he was not willing to take. He once said to God, you know, take my life, I'm tired. This responsibility is too much for me. Handed it over to others. Uh, Jeremiah was just a big complainer. He spoke, he saw, but he could not take the responsibility. Created a whole book of lamentations just complaining. You see, the person that takes responsibility will not be stuck in complaining. They will do something about it. What I'm saying to you is that a generation will eventually see you and I as the solution. Whatever churches were speaking of revival, we used to speak of revival until we realized that we were the revival. 
Meaning that others will be, as people are speaking about revival, likening us to things of old, eventually they'll realize that you are the savior. You're the one that's meant to bring the change. You're the one bringing about, delivering the solution. And not only that, your bloodline, your nature, your family is of godly offspring. It's not like any other. So why is this scripture important? Carry on reading. Let me just finish this off. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. This is important for us. Go on. And on this rock, I will build my church. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this revelation, I will build my people. Upon the revelation we share, that we have, a people will be shaped out. A people will be built. And what's the first characteristic of these people? This is where I'm going with everything. What's the first characteristics of these people? They will be a people ready to go to war. They are a people that will be immediately met with resistance. It says, upon this revelation, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. So what I'm looking for, like I've been saying for weeks, are people that I'm able to go to war with. You know, the people that are ready to go to war... Before they've got to the battlefield, every morning when you step out of your room, you've entered the battlefield. Every time we go on social media and we post something or we do an event like MTZ and Sound Minds tonight, we're going to war. You see, the people that I need to go to war with, they've dealt with their personal fights already. They have tamed their own demons so that they can fight the war. Because if I go to war with someone looking back when we should be looking forward, it can be dangerous for me. And danger is not really the problem. It's just that we may not fight the fight the battle to the point of triumph, which will then affect a generation to which we're fighting for. No, me going into the battlefield, I've already made up is dangerous. The moment we said that we're not just going to be people that earn 1100 a month. Yeah? The moment we said that we're going to give what our family line could never have given. We should know that we're going to go to war. There's going to be a resistance against the banking system, against the government, against police. We already know there will be a resistance. But the people that God builds the people that God raises these are people that will go against the point of resistance to succeed they will not stop they will keep pushing against things don't go our way but we'll keep pushing the only way for them to keep pushing to the point of success is if they had a revelation zeal or pure will sheer will cannot take you to the point of winning it's going to be revelation it's what you're seeing It's truth. I understand that there is a people that can be created because God has given us a taster. Amongst the 12 was a taster of the new economy, was the new 
community. Now amongst the hundred or so in a wealth family is the sign of what God wants to create out in Europe, out in United Kingdom. Is upon that truth, this truth that we have seen, this truth that we have heard, this truth that we have handled, we are witnesses of it. It's for that reason that we can go head on against every resistance because we will win based on the revelation we see. We won't stop. There's nothing that will make us stop. We will keep pushing. It's because of that reason that Apostle Obi is like, yeah, you've done this. I'm happy you've been able to achieve this and it's fine. But I'm thinking we're still pushing. There's still more to do. And these talks are more than holding a mic preaching. We believe it. It's our life. And we stay in the word waiting for the moment for God to just create an opening because we will charge at it. Telling you today, you think this is all. You wait. Things will open up suddenly for us. Our, the way we move, our operations will open up suddenly. And that's why soon I'll be announcing the twelve. We'll have to see the people that we speak to, the people we create in order because of the people we're trying to reach to. We'll get there. But that's why things like Sunday means everything. You know, when I said this week means everything, you can't wait to a basola sending a message. For me, I've just said, whoever's heard it will hear it. What we've needed to enter, we will enter. No doubt about it. The resistance we're willing to fight, the resistance we're willing to go up against, Without losing faith, without getting tired, we will go against until we win because of what we see. Some people willing to lose their life simply because of what they've believed. They don't care what's in front of them. Let's wrap this up. John 21. John 21, start from verse 15. Just read through it quickly. Feed my lambs is simply what I want to say to you, but go on. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Amazing way to end it with, G with Simon, with Peter. He says, when they had finished eating. What drew, even though Christ went to the Sea of Galilee, when he called Peter, what drew Peter to Christ? His hunger. He was out toiling. Nothing was working. But there was someone that was able to make things work. Unique to that story is that God did not feed him then. Unique. Because when they say when they had finished eating... Does God really want to tell us that Christ and them had a meal? No. Peter and Cole was Christ's sheep, followers. When he had finished feeding them, he's now enrolling them to leadership. He said, you've taken these words. I've shown you the way and now you've eaten it. Now he says, now Peter, Simon, son of john do you love me than these now i always used to say love me more than these and it's so open that you can call it anything but i realized what everyone is 
what everyone is fighting for in this life is to satisfy their hunger. Hunger is the biggest world problem. Someone can be hungry for success, then they eat it. Most people realize too late that they're not satisfied. Do you understand that? Some people are hungry for marriage. They eat of it. They realize they're not satisfied. So Peter, out of whatever, went back to what he formerly did. And God uses it, Christ uses it as a parable to him. As a deeper conversation as he's having with us now. He's saying to us that, look, you've tasted of these things. You've eaten it. Do you love me more than what you've now attained? It says, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord. It says, you know that I love you. Look at what Jesus said to him. Feed my lambs. What's the next role? What's the next instruction for us as a family? Feed my lambs. In your own time, go and look at the difference between lambs and sheep. So you can understand. Feed them. There are people that are weak. There are people that are feeble. Give them these same words. Make them strong. Look at the next one, quickly. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Livingstone, get ready, please. He answered. I want answered, us to worship for a bit. Go on. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. After feeding my lambs, the weaklings, take care of my sheep. So even as they grow, keep them. Take care of them. Some people, let me say this to you. You may have been in a house and you look like you're just following in the shadow of your leader. And that's fine. But let me tell you something. There's a people that are about to be committed to you should you believe these words. These people will come to you weak. It's your duty to make them strong. It's your duty to keep them in a world where many get lost told you that mental health is a growing issue most of us have been affected by it if not for a word or a shepherd that keeps a mind sound that looks takes care of a people they would have gone astray too it's your duty as a Carl comes to you or whoever comes to you as an Ayomide or and these are still soldiers growing but as more people that we cannot see are committed to you Nia it's your duty to feed them with your lives. Feed them with your convictions. Feed them with the things that you say and you back by doing. You're not just a talker, feed them. Feed my lambs and take care of my sheep go on the third time he said to him simon son of john do you love me uh-huh. peter was hurt because jesus asked him the third time do you love me he said lord you know all things mm-hmm. you know that i love you jesus said feed my sheep continue now even with the mature speak to them feed them feed them in all ways verse 18 very truly I tell you. I've dressed this in love and the demand of love and death. Very truly I tell you, yeah. When you were younger, you dressed yourself. This was simply when you were immature. You led your life as you wished. You wore what you wanted to wear. Who you wanted to be. Some people in our days of immaturity, you wanted to wear the, the function or the career of a doctor. 
You wanted to wear the image and the pride as a woman as being married. You wanted to do all of these things. But you see, now when you are mature, when responsibility has been bestowed on you, because the age of Peter was when God now said to him, or when Christ now said to him, feed my sheep. He gave him a responsibility. Remember that Peter was still someone fearful. Fear does not mean you will not receive responsibility. It's just growth, simple. You have to choose courage even in the presence of fear. Are you listening to me, Pastor Corinne? doesn't matter how it came out to be. You have to prove and from the inside out now produce something. Do not cower away. Do not give up mentally. Do not be defeated because it looks like certain things. Maturity is now responsibility has been given to you. Can you produce it? It says, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. One thing that you'll be known for is yielding. You will stretch out your hands and what? And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. So I agree. There's some things that I said earlier. It's not fair. We may not really want to go to this place, but we saw it as a necessity. We gauged it as something necessary. And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. But I will still go. No one wants to be on zero. No, no one wants to worry on how they will live tomorrow. But it's necessary for a generation. Verse 19. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Stop there. Jesus said this to indicate. It's not with this sentence. If not for this statement, we wouldn't know what he was talking to him. Was the kind of death that will glorify God. The life. There's a death that's alive. Do you understand that? The life we choose of dying daily is a life. But that's what makes us truly live. For I face death daily. But you see, that's all with the quest of discovering the power of his resurrection. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. And he says, in case you're unclear with what I'm saying, he says, follow me. Live the life I'm living. Live the life that you have seen. This is what God calls us as we round up this afternoon. This is the word that God calls us to. This is the responsibility we have in serving our generation. How do we serve our generation? These words we hear. We go back into our rooms. We go back into our spaces. Even when you're engaged at work or with people, even with the houses, there are words that you keep in your heart. You allow it to shape your mind. You shape the way you do things. You address certain things in your area. You realize, look, as a woman, I'm trying to manifest as a woman. Do you understand? When you hear this word, you refuse it. Do you remember the example I gave last week? You say, Sylvester, no. You say to your culture, no, because you know it's trying to make you what your parents were. You say to yourself, it may not be ideal. The kind of marriage Pastor Ashley had, I'm saying Pastor, because me, I couldn't care. You do know that. But the kind of marriage, it's not fair. It's not where you wanted to go. But as far as you paid the price, whether you were willing or not, there will be a people committed to you. There's giving that you had to do. Losing certain houses at times because you wanted to make someone eat. You will not be without those things. The sacrifices you are making is for a generation. We are caught. The reason why we live is to serve a generation. If not, you will not be here. So I ask you to agree with me. 
as we enter a whole new dimension as a family. Marking your spaces as stakeholders in this family. Making a name for yourself as leaders, people that God has designed as shepherds of a generation. I want you to agree with me that the doctrine of everything is what I live by. Are you with me, family? The doctrine of everything is what we live by. Sacrifice is what we live by. But that's not to say you will not have, you will have more than the normal person, but all is for a generation. Can you worship Jesus?